Uh, we pick up on 52b at uh, the Mishnah, that's Nun Bet Amu Bet. Uh, the Mishnah says, Hamatame vamadame madamea vamanasach bashogeg patur bamezid chayv. If you go along and you make someone's uh, food impure, uh, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we're going to discuss the the, Mish- the Gemara is going to discuss that exactly what type of uh, what you did, etc. Also, if you mix truma uh, with someone's non with, with someone's chulin, uh, so the whole thing now has to be treated as uh, doubtful truma. It's like mixed in. Madameya is like from uh, mixed in, uh, and it, a menasech is if you pour uh, another person's wine as a libation to an idol. Okay, uh, in e- each of these cases, now the underlying item. Uh, becomes worthless. Uh, it says if you did it by mistake, you are exempt. If you do it on purpose, uh, you would have to pay uh, for that. All right, so now the Gemara picks up. Uh, Itmar, Menasech. Uh, so now we deal with the last one, uh, the case of Menasech. Uh, if you pour uh, this wine, so now Menasech, Rav Amar, Menasech Mamish. Pouring really means, as uh, the, the, we would understand it, as literally pouring. And that's, he takes the wine and pours it in front of an idol. However, Shmuel Amar, Shmuel says, no, Ma'arev, really what you're doing is you're mixing kosher wine uh, with wine that was used uh, to pour for an idol. So basically you, you, you combine uh, kosher wine with non-kosher wine, and therefore uh, the whole, uh, all of the wine uh, therefore becomes uh, you know, unable to be drunk because anything that has a connection with idolatry uh, is unable to be nullified. And, uh, and therefore, as a result, uh, all this other, the kosher wine, uh, becomes unusable now. So now uh, the Gemara's question is Mand Amem Arev, the one that says Shmuel says that uh, if you went ahead and mix it, uh, why doesn't he look at the simple meaning of what we are talking about uh, in that that you pour the wine? He says Amalach, no, if you because Menasech come Mina, because you have a principle. Uh, if a guy poured wine, uh, then we have a principle. We saw this in Kutubot. Uh, if you do a a sin and if you commit a sin at the same time. Uh, a more serious sin at the same time you commit a less serious sin uh, you only get uh, punished uh, for the more serious sin so so now in this situation uh, what you've done you should get killed for uh, for committing for doing idolatry uh, and uh, for worshiping idolatry and therefore uh, any monetary payment uh, that you would get uh, is not considered um, proper anymore so in, in that situation, so you've done something, uh, obviously, uh, you, you, you would not be liable then for the monetary punishment because you'd be liable then uh, for the death penalty. And therefore, uh, Shmuel says, really, therefore, it must be talking about uh, pouring and mixing wine in with the other. V'irach, uh, Rav, what does he hold? Rabbi Yirmiya, he holds like Rabbi Yirmiya. Dam Rabbi Yirmiya, Rabbi Yirmiya says, listen, Mish'at hagba ahu dekana. No, uh, when you picked up uh, the, the wine, uh, what have you done? That, that's as if you've acquired it. And then uh, later on, Machayev Benashu Lo Have Ad Shatanisuch. But then, when you pour it, uh, it is uh, then uh, th- that is the the liability for idol worship. And therefore, uh, they have done at different times. If they're done at different times, uh, then you get a monetary liability first, and then you get a death penalty later on. And therefore, uh, you, you know, there's there's uh, you, you actually that's why it says you could have a case uh, whereby you, you discuss. Uh, pouring uh, of the wine to an idol even though you would cause a loss. He says uh, that that's not and the one that says according to Rav that you actually pour it uh, why, what is the reason that he doesn't say you would be allowed to mix it uh, I mean 
What is the reason that he didn't say Lakshmul that you uh, it's talking a case about mixing it? Amalach Marev Hanimadamaya. He says surely uh, mixing it uh, uh, wine uh, with uh, with non kosher wine with kosher wine is exactly the same uh, discussion uh, as, as part of the Mishnah as mixing truma uh, with non holy. Uh, produce and therefore it's just mixing something in kosher with something that's not kosher or something that's permitted with something that's not permitted and therefore uh, making the whole thing forbidden uh, so he says that would just be a repeat of it there'd be no need to repeat it uh, how would Shmuel respond to that he would say, no, uh, no, he says, uh, you, if you mix in trumma with someone else's chulin, uh, 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 then you'd be liable for a fine. Because really, what in that situation, uh, what you have to do is now it's all uh, mixed in. And now what you have to do, you're not allowed to eat it yourself if you're Israel. Uh, what you have to do is go and uh, sell that to a kohen. You'd be allowed to sell uh, the part uh, that you uh, that, that is definitely not trimmer. Uh, you'd be allowed to sell that part to a kohen. Uh, but you'd have to sell it to him uh, as doubtful trimmer and uh, because it's doubtful trimmer uh, there's not a much of a demand for doubtful trimmer only Kwanim can eat it uh, therefore uh, demand is less and therefore uh, the price that you get uh, would be less as well uh, and therefore we, what we'd say in that situation uh, we'd fine you uh, for doing such a thing <coughs> uh, and he says but, but one uh, you can't learn one fine from another fine even though they're similar uh, and therefore we'd have to say uh, mixing in the wine uh, even though it's similar to the mixing in of truma to chulin, uh, is uh, we have to be taught separately. Uh, in the case of uh, saying that you can, listen, once you learn that you get fined in one area, uh, you would have to uh, get fined in another area as well. Uh, that is Rav's opinion. Why would you need uh, to come along and uh, uh, and teach us all these cases? And therefore, the Gemara says, uh, you need all three of the cases. Why? If you only taught that you make someone else's food tame, uh, we would say, listen, uh, what, what, is, what are the two uh, possibilities? Uh, if you're saying uh, you made his truma, um, uh, you know, uh, tame, uh, and then uh, th- then what happens is in that situation that is uh, you have caused him a huge loss in this situation because it can't be eaten by anyone, obviously uh, not by a normal uh, Jew, it couldn't be eaten by him anyway, but not even no longer by a Kohen, uh, and therefore all that's left uh, to do with it is burn it or to feed it to your an- animal, uh, and therefore, so you've basically caused a massive loss uh, to this guy, Um and therefore, it can't be eaten by anyone. And even if you'd say uh, he just is uh, t- uh, making impure uh, food that was uh, um, normal food, okay, uh, non-holy food, it says, uh, That's not a good thing to do because the last thing we want is more tumor in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, that's it. Uh, and you would, you would say that uh, that's a fine uh, because of that. Uh, but if you just go along and mix tumor uh, with someone else's Kulin produce, uh, you haven't caused a big loss over there, or not, not, not a loss in total uh, over there, because really what happens is, in, in this situation, as we explained, he just has to sell it uh, for uh, the, uh, the lesser amount of, uh, of, of Truma uh, to a Kohen. So, uh, you know, he can't eat it, uh, the Kohen um, has, to, has to be sold to a Kohen, and uh, therefore you're causing him a loss. But you might think it's not a complete loss, uh, it's, a, it's a small monetary loss, uh, and therefore it's not a, uh, a big loss. Okay, uh, and also there's no 
um, <coughs> impurity being spread over here, you might think we wouldn't find him uh, in that situation. Uh, and therefore, we teach him that we do find him even in that situation. And you would say, in the case of Truma, if you mix it with something else, you would say, uh, that is a common thing if you mix, get it mixed together. But making something deliberately going ahead and making uh, some, uh, someone else's food tame, uh, that is uncommon. You might think uh, you wouldn't make a fine because the rabbis uh, don't do, uh, you know, say they give make decrees uh, in situations uh, where which are uncommon. So therefore, uh, that is why we need both matame uh, and madamea. If you only taught those two cases, making someone's food impure or mixing in truma into chulin, mishum But there's no death penalty involved over there, uh, and and therefore you might think that uh, that, that is the uh, you know you, you get punished uh, in those situations. It's not like you have um, a, a, the greater punishment over here, uh, but it says aval manasek to kimla uh, according to uh, the one who pours the wine, uh, you say, listen, you do apply uh, that situation, aim a law. Um, uh, you might think that uh, because he's going to get the death penalty, he'd be exempt uh, from a fine. Uh, therefore, Kamash Malan, no, we say it is like Rav Yirmiya, uh, in that uh, he'd be liable to the monetary thing, uh, the monetary uh, penalty, uh, as he picked it up, because that's when you acquire it from a monetary perspective. Then when you pour it later, uh, that is the death penalty. So get the death penalty as well as uh, getting the monetary penalty as well and that is why we have to teach all three of those cases <coughs> uh, okay, so uh, uh, that is that. According to Rabbi Avin's father, he had a different version uh, of this uh, of the of the Mishnah. And he taught in the Zabrata. Uh, but then he has a different version, so similar to our Mishnah. Obviously, it includes the same three cases, uh, but it just taught it in different orders. It says. If you make someone's food tame or you <coughs> pour wine as a libation uh, and uh, th- then you'd be liable, uh, you know, that's it, um, liable for the fine. And then uh, later on it says, uh, even someone who mixes in trim of someone else's food. So <coughs> according to this, <coughs> surely uh, you can learn out <coughs> one from the other. <clears throat> in this situation, why why couldn't you learn out, uh, you know, the the, the third case uh, from the the first two? And the Gemara says no, Tzricha. In, in even in this situation, we need all of these three read uh, under, um, statements, um, all three rulings. Idashmin and Matame. If you only taught the case of making someone's food impure, Mishum de Kemle Midrabinu. There's no case of Kemle de Midrabinu over there. There's no death penalty involved, and therefore uh, you would think that uh, that's why we find him uh, you know, for doing something wrong. Aval, Manasseh, the Kamlevinu when it comes to pouring this wine libation, uh, you would be liable uh, because you get the greater punishment for serving idols. Uh, therefore, you might be exempt from the monetary payments. Aim uh, you might think uh, you do apply Kamlevinu Rabbinu, uh, you might think a fine, uh, you wouldn't fine him as well. Uh, you know, assuming, assuming we don't hold like Ravumia. Vyashmin and Benasek, and if you only taught us uh, this case of pouring wine, Mishum Dakar, uh, because with the wine uh, you've turned it into idolatrous wine, uh, therefore it is totally lost. Uh, but if you only make it impure, uh, it doesn't make it um, you know t- totally destroyed. Because uh, you could uh, you know feed it to your animal uh, this trimmer. 
uh, you could uh, you know feed it to your animal or burn it uh, etc it doesn't destroy it altogether uh, so it's slightly different in the previous uh, discussion we said no uh, making it tame uh, is effectively tumor uh, tame is effectively ruining it here we're saying no it's not totally lost because you could still feed it to your animal or, or burn it uh, but in these two cases you would say it's a, it's a huge loss because uh, basically is a complete loss uh, compared to what it was uh, there's a substantial uh, difference in prices uh, and therefore aval madame have said might you might think if you just mix in kulin with trimmer uh, that it causes a little loss because the guy just has to sell it at a, a slightly lower market value now uh, because there are, are less people that want to buy trimmer only kwanim uh, demand is less therefore the price would drop uh, but it's only a, a small amount of drop uh, it says law tsukha so therefore uh, all of these cases we say you might think the penalty wouldn't be imposed the fine wouldn't be imposed therefore the uh, kamash malan therefore uh, we say or well, not kamash malan tsukha uh, we say we need all three of those cases to say that the um, uh, property uh, would you mean the person still would get fined right so now Amar Chizkiah so now Chizkiah comes along uh, and he makes a statement about Torah Echad Shukeg V'chad Mezid Chayv really Chizkiah says uh, from the Torah uh, if you even if you did it by mistake uh, or if you did it on purpose uh, you'd be liable for Hezek Shainuria okay even if you uh, did any of these things um uh, unintentionally or intentionally the same way it's considered full damage and uh, therefore you'd be liable uh, to pay for the damage it says um, um, uh, and, and, and my timer what is the reason because he says uh, really the, uh, um, the damage even if it's not perceptible uh, you know there's no physical change uh, in the uh, in the atom uh, etc and uh, th- that's the, the kind of standard way of, uh, of looking at it you know you can we could turn around and say, "Listen, here's your property back." Uh, it's you know that it doesn't look uh, that anything has really changed. You know, from uh, an underlying perspective, it's now uh, no longer able to be used, and uh, or, you know, it's now it's, it's ruined. Uh, but there's no physical change, and it's not that you've uh, gone and ha- you know there was a glass uh, or something, and you smashed the glass. That's you know now irreparable. Uh, what you have is a situation where you've taken the wine, you've mixed in other wine, uh, trimmer, you've mixed in other 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 food. Uh, to, into other food you know it's imperceptible uh, the damage but you still have obviously caused damage um so therefore uh, but we, and we say therefore as a result it is actually damaged so therefore <coughs> so it's not when the damage can be seen it's perceptible but even when it's imperceptible as well and you've caused a loss in value alright in my time I'm Rebbe Shogak Patu and why do we say in our Mishnah uh, that if you did with it intentionally uh, you are exempt today sure you you're uh, basically because if a guy comes along for example and uh, um was uh, you know uh, knocked uh, a sherets or something onto someone else's fruit and uh, made it impure and then he quickly says oi uh, that that's a terrible thing uh, but you know if I, if I have to pay I'm not going to tell so I just uh, flick off the sherets and uh, you know not say anything uh, so they want people uh, to to confess uh, if they've done something wrong and therefore as a result uh, they would say you're exempt uh, if you just come along and uh, tell the person that what what happened uh, and you and it was 
uh, unintentional, well then we don't make you pay. So then you'll come, there's no, there's no barrier to you coming and telling the person uh, that that's what happened. All right, Iyachi says, uh, what about, uh, you know, even in that situation, uh, if you want someone uh, not to uh, fall into the trap of thinking his, his uh, truma is fine, meanwhile it is tame, uh, and you don't want him to uh, get, uh, you know, have a, this, that sin uh, upon him, and that's why you encourage the perpetrator to go along and confess and be exempt. Uh, why not even in the case of doing something on purpose? Uh, you surely you should tell the person as well. Uh, and uh, it says, no, the Gemara says, Hashta la kama No, uh, when you're dealing with someone who, who does uh, a deliberately bad and wrong thing, uh, he wants to do it specifically. He's definitely going to go along. Surely he's going to inform him uh, that of, of the person. He says, listen, you know, by the way, uh, just to let you know, I've come along and that uh, you know mixed in all your trauma or I've made a tame uh, or something like that so therefore uh, your food tame and and then that's a lot so he's definitely going to tell him and then there's you know there's no reason uh, not to, not to do it so that's Chizka's opinion however Rabbi Yochanan Amar Rabbi Yochanan says no Opposite view, Dvar Torah, whether you do any of these things in the Mishnah, uh, you would be exempt, whether you madame, matame, madameya, or matame, uh, or do the pull, the yarn, nesech, etc. All of those cases, uh, even if you did it by mistake, uh, or you did it on purpose, even if you did it on purpose, and definitely by mistake, you'd be exempt. Matame, uh, what is the reason? Hezek, Shaino Nikar, Losh Mehezek, something that is not perceptible. Uh, that cannot be seen by everyone uh, is not defined as damage. And therefore, what is the reason that the rabbi said, uh, if you did one of these things intentionally, uh, you would be liable? Because otherwise, it's going to be a free fall. Someone just wants to upset someone else who go along and impurify uh, his uh, uh, pure uh, things and said, listen, I, you know, I'm exempt uh, for such a thing. So, uh, Rabbi Yochanan says, really uh, the reason you, you we, we say really you are exempt but uh, because we don't want you doing it on purpose we say oh, if you did do it on purpose uh, well then uh, you would be liable uh, so now we're going to attack Chizkiah uh, uh, from a number of uh, places uh, what about uh, the first one we start off with is tomorrow's uh, Mishnah uh, Mishnah on tomorrow's Daf Tanan HaKonim Shepiglu B'Mikdash Mezidin Chayvin Tane Lemunay Tukun Alam in terms of Kwanim, who uh, have the incorrect thought uh, when they're offering uh, the offering. Uh, it's known as pigle. They say they're going to either uh, you know, eat it or sprinkle the blood or burn the, burn the offering, etc., burn the fats on the altar, uh, something that's essential to uh, the service, okay, part of the service. Um, uh, and you say, I'm going to do it after the, the specific uh, time uh, that you're allowed to do it. And all of those cases, that is known as pigle, and the animal becomes, um, <clears throat> uh, you'd have to destroy the animal. Uh, even if you, you know, don't wait uh, that amount of time. Let's say some days you've got two days, and the intervening night you eat a korban, you say, listen, I'm going to eat it on the third day. So even when, once you've said it, even though it's the first day now, uh, and if you wouldn't have said it, the offering would be perfect. Uh, now, when you said, I, I, I'll do this after 
three days, uh, eats it, after three days it becomes uh, a piggle right now and it has to be burnt uh, straight away. Okay, so, uh, and that's it. And we said, uh, if you, uh, what happens is, if it, it's a Kohen, uh, that he comes and he's uh, serving and he deliberately uh, thinks about uh, someone else. He, let's say he's got a, a machloket with someone in the community and that person brings an offering and he comes and he says, you know what, ah, I think the wrong thoughts on that and it doesn't count uh, anymore for the owner. And that situation, obviously, uh, to stop Kohanim deliberately uh, trying to get back at people and stuff like that, what we do is we say they'd be liable themselves. So it's going to cost them. Uh, and, you know, if they can carry on doing it uh, the whole time uh, and making these animals forbidden, uh, but then they're going to have to foot the bill. So they'll quickly uh, not do that in the first place uh, at all. All right, so they're, they're hurting themselves uh, in that situation. All right, so now, Tikkun uh, Olam, so the Kohanim don't behave uh, in such a bad way uh, to other people. Uh, it says, uh, But if you would say that damage uh, that is unrecognizable is not, uh, is um, damage, uh, so then it should have said if they, they do it unintentionally, they're exempt because of Tikkun Olam. Uh, according to Kiskia, if they did intentionally, they should be liable. Yeah, from the Torah to do it, and but not, uh, you know, and rabbinically, uh, you know. Uh we say, you know, they they, they they wouldn't be. So, you know, they, that's it. It's not a tikkun olam uh, discussion over there. And there's Gemara saying, No, this is what he's saying. It says, Mazidin uh, chayvin. If they do it on purpose, they'd be liable. Hi, shogin. And if they do it by mistake, Baturin, they are exempt. And the reason is because it's for betterment uh, of the world. Okay. And, um, and that's it. Okay. Uh, and, and that's it. Okay. So now uh, we try again. Mativ Rabalaza. Rabalaza says, Hausei Malacha Benei Chatat Beparata Chatat. What happens if you uh, do uh, work with uh, the the Mei Chatat? Uh, if you've got Para Aduma uh, water that you mixed with ashes that you're going to be used to sprinkle upon people. Uh, if you do some work with that, uh, then uh, or if you did um, uh, actual work with the Para itself, uh, then Pater Medina Adam Vacha. Uh, you exempt uh, from monetary uh, uh, compensation. However, you are liable to heaven. You will get punished uh, for doing such a thing. Uh, and it says, uh, But what happens if you say the damage, even though it's not able to be seen, is considered real damage, uh, then you should be liable to pay uh, for that as well. So he, he raised the objection and he answered the objection. Uh, so, uh, para, he says, Sheikh Nisa le Ravaka Amanat, she said, She Tinak Vitidosh. Okay, basically, what happens is uh, this little red heifer, you've got it in a, in a pen, uh, that, and you want it to nurse from its mother, but on the other hand, you've got a secondary uh, type of uh, benefit. Uh, it goes when it's walking to its mother, it will thresh uh, on, on, on the floor. So, on the, on the one hand, it's not really uh, doing work, and, uh, and that's it. So, the, so therefore, uh, that's not. Um, specifically uh, doing work with it and therefore you're not liable for for any penalty that way. Uh, or else you, you use it as a weight 
uh, we'll see exactly what that weight means. You used it as a weight, uh, para adama, the khatat water as a weight. Uh, that's not an actual thing done with the water. Vama raba, mei khatat, shakal, bimei mishkalot, kashera. What happens if you did uh, weigh weights uh, with the para adama water? Uh, it, uh, it says it is still kosher. So, you know, we've got to decide, you know, what is it? Is it, uh, um, you know, uh, is it is it good or is it no longer good? Lo kasha, ha bukufan, ha connect done so no so if you weigh uh, the object with the water itself for example uh, you have a, uh, a certain amount of water I uh, chatat water in this situation but it, in, the way it would work is often with normal water uh, that they would put it in a certain size and then they would have markings and then when you put the meat in uh, to the water uh, it displaced the water and you would see exactly how much uh, the weight of the meat was because by seeing how much water was displaced uh, and therefore uh, once you if you use chatat water for that uh, obviously the, 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 the blood and everything is going to get into the water and make it disgusting uh, and it's actually using the water itself, all right, and therefore the water is disqualified. Hi, Gufan, that's the Gufan. Hi, Kanegdan. However, uh, when you um, uh, measure uh, the water against it, you just put it on the one side of the scale and the meat on the other side of the scale as a balance. That's not doing work with the water per se. The Gemara says, Gufan, Masaka No, if you weigh it with the water itself, then obviously that's a real action, uh, what you've done. Hezek, Hezek, Adam. So therefore, you should also be payable if it really is defined. Hezek, imperceptible damage is defined as real damage. Uh, then what you should do uh, is uh, be liable, even according to human law. No, in both cases. Therefore, we are talking about we used uh, water as a counterbalance uh, to the scalvalo kasha, and there's no problem. Uh, it says hi, uh, and uh, one is where you you got distracted and you didn't concentrate on the the mechatat uh, the whole time, and the other one is uh, where you uh, concentrated on it the whole time. If you lose concentration on the mechatat, uh, then it is uh, a, a huge problem uh, and uh, and would would cause it to become disqualified. You have to have intention the whole time. Mativ Rav Papa, Rav Papa objects to that. He says, Gazel Matbaya Venusal. Uh, so what happens is if you steal someone a coin from someone and then also uh, and then uh, it becomes uh, invalidated by the government okay the government decides that no we're taking this coin out of circulation uh, also truma when it made if you steal truma from someone and then it becomes uh, impure pesach and also if you steal chametz and then pesach uh, uh, you steal it before pesach and then pesach comes along uh, it's obviously Worth nothing. Uh, it's, for, it's forbidden. After Chamech Shavar Lava Pesach, it's forbidden. It says Omer Harei Shachal Afanecha. Yeah, you can go back. Uh, the person that steals it can give back uh, something that is. Uh, he just goes and returns it to the owner and says, "Listen, uh, here it is in front of you." So basically, that's uh, that, that's a kind of uh, thing that you can do, and it's a bit strange. Um, uh, because Vyamatahezek if you would really say uh, that uh, damage, that imperceptible damage is not defined as damage, Hari Gazlan, who this guy is a robber uh, and uh, he's stolen, you know, what uh, uh, you know something and therefore he should have to pay a hundred percent what he has to pay. Uh, it says Mamona Maalma he therefore has to pay back uh, the money and we say 
say to Yufta, and we knock out uh, the opinion of uh, Chizkiah. Okay, that's, uh, that, that was, um, you know, and, and, and Chizkiah uh, said, listen, uh, really it is, you should be liable to pay. You know, and Chizkiah was the one uh, that gave you a free pass. He said, listen, uh, Hezek Shranuria is really called Hezek, uh, and, uh, you know, um, uh, Shmei Hezek, if you say that uh, Hezek Shranuria, Shmei Hezek, uh, you would say that it really is full damage to this guy should have stolen and therefore he has to repay uh, what he's damaged and that knocks out Kizka who said uh, we just it is so it obviously seems to go like the other opinion uh, that it is not real damage okay so uh, the Gemara then moves on and says maybe we should say this whole thing is uh, so what is that talking about as we have a uh, the following writer uh, does, whether you do any of the three things that we had mentioned in our Mishnah, uh, you make someone's food tamay, you, you mix truma uh, with someone else's, uh, um, you mix kulin with, uh, with, with someone else's truma, and uh, you pour uh, someone else's wine. Uh, it says, uh, whether you do it on purpose or whether you do it by mistake, uh, you actually are liable. Uh, that's what Rabbi Meir says. And Rabbi Hudo Meir, uh, Rabbi Yehuda differentiates. Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Yehuda says, if you did it by mistake, uh, you'd be exempt. If you did it on purpose, uh, you have to go and pay. The uh, Gemara says, "My love, come and be Surely, what are they arguing about? The following, they're arguing, they're arguing about the following. Damage that is you can't see, imperceptible damage uh, is caused, defined as damage. Uh, that was Rabbi Meir's view. Uh, here it must be, uh, and then he says, really, it is considered damage. However, Rabbi Yuda uh, would hold law shmehezek. No, it is not defined as damage, and it's only a rabbinical uh, thing. So. Uh, maybe that we would say it's a machloket really between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda, uh, and therefore Amar Rav Nachman Yitzchak, Rav Nachman Yitzchak says no, uh, not necessarily. Dukula Alma Hezek Shaino Nikar Losh Mehezek. Even Rabbi Meir would hold uh, that imperceptible damage is not defined as uh, damage uh, at all, right? And and therefore Acha Bekansu Shogeg Atumezik. Uh, what are they arguing about? The root point of their dispute uh, is whether uh, someone who does something by mistake, uh, will we punish him uh, uh, as much as someone uh, that did something on purpose uh, just to uh, kind of uh, warn him, uh, essentially. Uh, and, uh, you know, because otherwise people will do things on purpose and say it was by mistake. So therefore, if you punish, if you punish a person, even if, he do, even if he does it by mistake, as if he did it on purpose, uh, that is what they're arguing about. Demar Sava, uh, Rebbe Meir says, listen, uh, you know, even if someone did something uh, by mistake, we punish him as if he did it on purpose. Uh, that's to discourage people from doing it, as we said. And the other one says, no, um, only if you do it intentionally, uh, then we'll punish you. If you do it by mistake, uh, we will let you off. Uh, it says the Gemara, uh, now comments about that. So Rabbi Meir, Verami, Rabbi Meir, Ado Rabbi Meir. So now the Gemara is going to go on into a whole discussion, really about uh, different opinions of uh, Rabbi Meir. 
Okay, and, uh, and, and also later on we'll get to Rabbi Yehuda uh, and seemingly do they hold this position throughout uh, other, uh, other places in Shas or not. Uh, so now the first thing that we're going to do, we're going to contrast one um, uh, position of Rabbi Meir with another position of Rabbi Meir. Uh, the Rami, uh, uh, Rami, Rabbi Yehuda, Ad Rabbi Yehuda. And then later on uh, we're going to contrast the position of Rabbi Yehuda with another position of Rabbi Yehuda. Okay, so what are these positions? Uh, Datanya. Uh, we start off, the first uh, thing that we are talking about here is uh, uh, if you go and uh, cook on Shabbat uh, by mistake, either you don't know uh, that it was Shabbat or else you do something and you didn't realize uh, it was on and uh, something was uh, heating up and, and, and you put it on uh, so it ends up cooking. So you obviously do something totally inadvertently. Uh, you are allowed uh, to eat uh, what you cooked uh, if you did it by mistake. Uh, if you do it on purpose, uh, then you can't uh, eat it uh, at all. Uh, that's Rabbi Meir's opinion. Rabbi Yehudah Meir, if you did it by mistake, uh, you are allowed to eat it, but you're not allowed to eat it on Shabbat itself. Uh, you would have to wait uh, till after Shabbat, and, and specifically probably the amount of time uh, that it takes to cook that thing after Shabbat. Uh, if you do it on purpose, uh, then... Uh, but if you do it on purpose, uh, then you're never allowed to eat it uh, ever. So we see Rabbi Meir is more lenient here uh, than Rabbi Huda. Okay, and it says Rabbi Yochanan Hassan Lomar, uh, just to finish off the brata uh, with uh, with the other opinion. Uh, it says that. Um, uh, the uh, you know we, we, we say as follows b'shoge yochal l'motzei Shabbat lacherim v'lo lo if you cook uh, it on Shabbos even if you do it by mistake you never allow to eat it okay that is what he says other people can eat it after Shabbat amazed uh, if you cook on Shabbat deliberately I you know with, with, you know knowing that you're breaking Shabbat uh, and and there's no uh, extenuating circumstances like you're cooking for a sick person or anything like that so you deliberately do it to break Shabbat. No one's ever allowed to eat it. Uh, not you, uh, definitely not you, and, and also other people as well also aren't allowed to eat it. Uh, so, so as uh, we see, so there's a difference between Rabbi Meir uh, and over here, where he says, listen, uh, the statement he, he said, if you cook on Shabbat uh, unintentionally, uh, you, ca- you can do it, uh, and, and, we don't, and if you do it intentionally, uh, you can't eat it. All right. So that is uh, uh, what we are saying uh, over there, and uh, we see that that's a contradiction because seemingly in our um, uh, discussion we said Rabbi Meir, uh, we are kansu shogeg adumazi. We say that that was uh, the case. All right. Um, and also, there's a contradiction between Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Huda because Rabbi Huda, uh, because Rabbi Meir had said, uh, to, you know, we, we punish people uh, even if they do things intentionally because we're worried they're going to do things on purpose. Uh, and, uh, and therefore, so we punish everyone equally. And Rabbi Huda uh, was saying, no, we don't do it here. We see Rabbi Huda was stricter than Rabbi Meir, even. So there's a contradiction on both sides. And the Gemara answers, listen, to Rabbi Meir, to Rabbi Meir, Lord Kasha. No, we can, there's no contradiction between Rabbi Meir uh, and uh, you can uh, Distinguish between the two of them, Kikanis Midravana. Uh, so now we get to a thing. It says when you do something rabbinical, uh, for example, you you made uh, food impure, uh, then then uh, then that uh, then we say, listen, that, that you can say that uh, people 
uh, we, we punish people even by mistake, uh, only when it comes to rabbinical, but dorata, uh, law cancer. Uh, but when it, when it comes to dorata things like uh, cooking on Shabbat, uh, we don't give him a kanas uh, because uh, people treat uh, rabbinical things more leniently uh, and, and therefore they, they don't treat them as seriously. And, and therefore, when it comes to the Shabbat, breaking Shabbat, you're going to get the death penalty uh, and, uh, and stuff like that. People treat it seriously. Uh, they're not going to go ahead and, and deliberately violate Shabbat. But when it comes to rabbinical things, uh, like making things tame, uh, then uh, you'll bolster uh, the law over there, and that, that is why the, the, that we can answer Rabbi Meir uh, over here. So the Gemara says, yeah, but on that, uh, is that really so? Uh, but surely pouring wine uh, was one of the examples, we, the three examples uh, that we gave, and that's also Dorata, Vakakanis, uh, and still Rabbi Meir uh, comes and punishes a person uh, very seriously, uh, even if it's in, inadvertent. Uh, and we say, listen, and no, because idol worship is such a severe prohibition, uh, Rabbi Meir penalizes him, even if he did it uh, in, unintentionally. Okay, so that's uh, just because idol worship is so strong. All right, so now that, that we, we kind of dealt with Rabbi Meir, but now Rabbi Huda, Ad Rabbi Huda, Lo Kasha, but surely uh, we can also, and also uh, we said that surely Rabbi Huda was also contradicted, and we say, no, even Rabbi Huda, uh, to Rabbi Huda, there's no, there's no problem. Why? How can we explain the difference? He says, when, when we don't punish a person, uh, when it's only rabbinical law, so he holds the opposite, and he says, when it's a dorata prohibition, uh, then we uh, punish uh, the person. Uh, and, and that's it. So uh, the, the, the same idea, because uh, you know, it's the opposite idea. Is, Listen, when it's dorata, then we're going to punish you more severely. Um, uh, and uh, but surely, so now we asked the opposite question on Rabbi Huda behind Manasek Dorata, the Kakanis. Yeah, pouring wine uh, is uh, you know from the uh, a total Torah uh, thing, and therefore, and Rabbi Huda uh, does not said the law Kanis, and Rabbi Huda said, listen, uh, we don't punish uh, the the person, and it says no, Mishum Tchudra Rukum Davod Azora Mavatel Dilei Mene. No, because it's uh, um, uh, so severe. Uh, what we do uh, is, is people avoid. It, uh, instinctively avoid it, and therefore uh, there's no need to, to make a fine uh, for people that do things unintentionally because people should be keeping away uh, from that um, uh, altogether. Okay, so uh, uh, and, uh, and that is a, a good place to stop, so we'll stop there. Everyone should have a great day.